Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, basketball fans across the world, welcome to another episode of The Dream Take presented by TheDreamShake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Jeremy Brenner here, and today, Michael Brown, not the best performance we've seen from the Rockets, but I think there's something to take away from this game, at least one or two things. Yeah, they shouldn't have played it. <laughs> I I don't know, man. Like, I think the Rockets had an opening to, you know, not cry wolf isn't the right term what am i looking for like they could have very easily gotten this game postponed or you know to a later date which i think they should have taken advantage of but it was going to be a tough game to win with the amount of guys and who they had out today yeah so let's get this first started out so this game was minutes away from not happening so as we all know you need eight players active in order to play a game and the Rockets had exactly eight. And one of those guys was activated on the roster just two minutes before the tip-off, or before they had to turn in the active lineup cards. And so, look, I think, yes, if this game was postponed, I think the Rockets would have had a much better chance to win because who knows who would have been active for whenever later in the season this game would have taken place. But I think at least for three quarters, the Rockets did a good job of competing tonight, and they did a good enough job to um, at least keep pace with the Spurs. But with eight guys, there's only so much you can do when the fourth quarter comes all around and your legs are tired and, you know, you've got a lot of guys that are still not super familiar with each other. But, you know, I think today I'll give today's performance a B minus C plus. Not too disappointed today. Yeah, I'm right there. I'm I'm a little bit lower. Uh, I'm right at a C. Let's face it. I mean, they played with seven and a half guys today. I mean, Carux was awful the entire game. Yeah. Uh, I don't blame him for that. But if you're going to play, then we have to assess what we saw on the court. And every time he touched the ball, it was a disaster outside of the layup that he had on the nice pass from Christian Wood, the behind-the-back pass. But overall, I mean, the dude was just not good today. Um, man, there, there were some positives, though. I want to hit the positives. Mason Jones is going to be a player. I, uh, Mace. Yeah, um, I was a big fan of, of him when they signed him. Mm-hmm. And today he showed, you know, what he's going to do. 
uh, moving forward, uh, which was awesome. Christian Wood was a monster today. Mm -hmm. Uh, 18 rebounds, for God's sake. (laughs) I mean, uh, man, they were awesome. But, I mean, the the Rockets lost the game today because of the performances from P.J. Tucker and Jay Sean Tate. Uh, Both of them would tell you they played awful today. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, I think a lot of, it took them just a long time to get in any kind of rhythm. And that is very unfortunate. You know, Macklemore, Mason Jones, Christian Wood kept the Rockets in it today up until, you know, as long as they could. But when you have one of nine from PJ Tucker and two of 11 from Jay Sean Tate, who's your primary ball handler in this weird lineup that you have, it's, it's difficult to, uh, it's difficult to win games like that. And it's, but the thing is also the defense today is something that I think is the one extreme positive to take over. Look, the reason why they had a chance today is they, the main reason they had a chance to win today is because they play really good defense. And I'm not saying the Spurs are this, you know, offensive juggernaut, but that first quarter where they only let up 21 points, they looked extremely solid. And that kind of stayed true through the whole game. You know, giving up 103 points, um, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's it doesn't sound like it's a little, especially when, you know, you lose by 12. But, I mean, most teams are scoring 110 or more. So to keep a team to 103 is is not a bad not a bad job on the defensive end from the Rockets today. No, and if the Rockets had their guys, I mean, if they had their full complement of guys, they would have won this game uh, fairly easily, I would mm-hmm. say, by five or more points. I haven't found the reasoning why Kerricks was able to play, but Oladipo wasn't, or Exum wasn't. Were you able to, to figure out anything there? Yeah, so here's what I... So I don't know if Exum was with the team. I don't know if, if he was there. It, it, I didn't see anything that was there. I also think he's injured. Okay. He's, he's expected to remain sidelined until early March with a strained right calf. Once he returns, yeah. Look, Dante Exum at this point is not going to be with the team much long. Uh, like, he might not ever play for the Rockets. I, I mean, I don't think I don't think he should. I guess my question more specifically there was about Oladipo, who was seen on the bench in San Antonio. I think he got to the game, but he he was he didn't get there until much later. Okay. Like, like right before tip-off. Yeah, that makes more sense. The uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for the game on Monday to see what he's going to do with this team. Um, it's going to be fun. I, I'm a big fan of his, you know, did, did a deep dive today on, on some Oladipo uh, highlights. And we talked about this a little bit last show. Man, this team is going to be fast. I mean, they are going to run, I feel like, on the majority of nights. And it is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, they need familiarity with each other. For they sure. need familiarity with each other. Um, I just think that it's going to be difficult to get that. And the Rockets are kind of racing against the clock here because, you know, the season is only so long and it kind of feels like 
you know, today, this game and even the previous game, these two games just weren't really, like, a part of the season. We can't really take too much from these games because it's not really indicative of what we are going to be seeing in the future. I think Monday also is going to be kind of the start of that. And we're going to see how Oladipo looks with John Wall. Hopefully everyone will be back. There's, um, Stephen Silas said today that there is, you know, a, a reason to believe that all of the guys that weren't playing in San Antonio will be able to play in Chicago on Monday. And that should be, you know, that should be interesting. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a full team once again and a uh, competitive team at that. Um, I also think it's good that they're playing Chicago because I think that's a team that um, they match up well against and they can't have a chance to beat Chicago. So I think it'll be good to see them kind of use, I hate to use the word like preseason, but it'll be a chance, it'll be a good game to act to get acclimated with. Like, it's a very good thing that they're playing Chicago and not, like, Los Angeles uh, in their first game together as a team. And, you know, it's going to take some time. Um, their schedule after the after the Bulls is not necessarily easy. Uh, I don't think we can look at games anymore and say, oh, there's going to be easy games. So they have uh, Phoenix on Wednesday, then Detroit and Dallas in a back-to-back on Friday and Saturday. You have the Wizards. So, I mean, there are some winnable games there, but there's also some challenging games in there. So it's a good mix. Um, But ultimately, what this team needs is reps. This team is going to need reps. And you see the talent. You see shades of it. We saw today with Mason Jones, um, who I think earned himself a rotation spot today. Yeah, he was was good today. Mm -hmm. He was good in a lot of... There, there were specific plays where I think the more reps that he gets, the better he's going to get, where he had a shot and he almost thought to himself, can I take this shot? And he, he hesitated for a couple seconds and he's like, oh, I'm, you know, I can hit this. And he took it and he made it. Mm-hmm. it there's going to be a big learning curve for this team because you hit the nail right on the head. When you bring in a guy like Victor Oladipo who – all of these guys are going to have to figure out ways to play together on the fly. Christian Wood's going to have to figure out how to play with Victor Oladipo. And Oladipo's going to have to figure out how he's going to play with Wall and Gordon. And, you know, Daniel House, who I, I don't know if we're ever going to see him again as, you know, as a rocket. At this I think we will. I think we will. But, yes, I mean, it is kind of odd that his absence is – there, there's no timetable for his return. That is a little concerning. Uh, hopefully he's healthy. That's all that I really care about. That's, I think, what I think it is, is he's just not getting past the virus um, that he did test positive for. He originally was, I believe, in isolation, and then he tested positive. I don't – I want to confirm that first before I, like, broadcast that, and I guess it's a little too late now. But I'm going to do some, you know, back that fact up uh, while you uh, – Move on to what's next. Yeah, the the other thing that I that I noticed from the game today is when we get a full rotation of guys, KJ Martin, I like what I've seen from him, but it's really clear he's too raw right now. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna be an end of the bench guy, which is fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But Mason Jones, between him and Jay Sean Tate, Christian Wood with 24 and 18 today. 
there's a real shot that Christian Wood could be a, an all-star uh, this year. Not next year. I don't not- know about this year. It's going to be tough. If the Rockets are playing well, then I think there's more of a case. And you have to keep in mind the West is incredibly, uh, incredibly talented. No, for sure. But, I mean, I'd have to take a closer look at, at what the big guys are, are doing in the West. But, I mean, with Harden gone, I mean, this is – I think the, the leader of this team is John Wall. But I, I, the best player on this team is Christian Wood. Uh, even when Oladipo gets here, Christian Wood is playing at just an outstanding level right now. Uh, there, there's not a lot that this guy's not doing. What did he have? Did he have multiple blocks today? Yeah, he had three blocks, 18 rebounds, 9 of 20 from the field. Shooting inside of the paint, he's at 81%. At least he was halfway through the game today, according to Matt Bullard. Uh, he's getting better night in and night out. And the weirdest thing about the game today, Jeremy, and, and you tell me how you felt, like, I, I'm not even mad that they lost. No, yeah, it, losses not, aren't going to feel, like, as as demoralizing as it used to be because this team yeah. isn't a contender. And I think when you're a contender, you need to try to win every single game. And we want this team to be competitive. It's not, you know, I, I, I understand what you say. Like, you're not um, – frustrated at the fact that they lost because they're competing. I mean, they're still competing, and we want them to make the playoffs. I don't think that's, you know, it's not like we're looking for this team to tank so that they go and, you know, get a top-five pick or whatever. But, I, yeah, I think you have to understand the circumstances, and that's what we're doing. So let me get this Daniel House thing. I want to clear this up. Um, Daniel House had a back injury, and that's why he sat out a little bit. Then he went into self-isolation but there is no timetable for his return, according to Steven Silas. So whether that whether that means he has COVID or not, it hasn't been confirmed yet, um, at least nothing that I've seen. So, But from what we know is he's, he's not going to be with the team uh, on an indefinite basis. You know, maybe that'll change in a, a couple days. Hopefully it does. Hopefully he's healthy um, and he can get back to the floor soon. But he's going to have some competition when he comes back because you have – uh, a bunch of guys here. You have Oladipo and Gordon who do a lot of what Daniel House does, I guess. And I, I think with Oladipo, like he doesn't have as many point, as much point guard tendencies as um, James Harden did. And it's weird. I don't want to say he's replacing James Harden in the lineup because he's not. It, it's you're not going to replace James Harden in the lineup. You're going to have to vacate the spot in the lineup. So like. I think you're going to see John Wall a little bit more on the floor. And it's really nice that you got this game from Mason Jones tonight because he's going to eat up a lot of those point guard minutes, I feel. And I read – I'm re- as I'm looking on Twitter right now, Mike, I, I saw this thing and I want to um, – it's not from Rob Kimball. Do you know Rob Kimball? I do. Yeah, so Rob Kimball at Rob K Sports, he was talking about how what if um, the Rockets converted Mason – because Mason Jones is on a two-way deal. And two-way contracts have, um, you know, that you only can play so many games. What if they turn that two-way contract into a full contract and then they wave uh, – and then they open a two-way spot up? And you cut – so you cut Chris Clemens. He vac- he takes that spot in the lineup where you cut Dante Exum, one or the other. You, and then Mason Jones has a, full la- a full-fledged contract. And then you can sign another two-way guy. Because at this point, we, we've seen right here, depth on this team is going to uh, be necessary. And it would be nice to have another guy today. It, w- it would have been nice to have 
one more person today, one more body. Um, what do you think about the prospects of that possibly happening? Yeah, I'd be a big fan of that. The one guy that comes to mind would be Kenny Wooten. Uh, yeah, it's a, a good idea. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not seeing that he has signed with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally open to that. Now, I mean, I don't want to get, you know, ahead of, you know, way ahead of the, you know, myself here with saying that Mason Jones deserves that upgraded, you know, roster spot. You know, it, it was against San Antonio, but he was going up against, you know, the likes of, of Patty Mills. And he showed today that he can shoot the ball. I mean, he six of eight from three. Three. I mean, that's that that's not a fluke. I mean, you now I think with the altered expectations of this team, you now not only are are you in need of developmental projects, but you encourage those types of players. That's where Silas excels is with developing guys, you know, throughout a season. He did it last year in Dallas. Uh, as I whisper that some of the Dallas players have taken a step back without Silas there. Mm-hmm. And Mason Jones, I think, is example one of what, you know, him, Jayshon Tate. Uh, those are two great finds that from the front office, this current administration in the front office. So props to the front office for finding Jayshon Tate overseas and Mason Jones going undrafted uh, looks to be a heck of a steal for this team. Now, I do want to bring up Jayshon Tate and his struggles today. It's the first time we've really seen Jayshon Tate uh, really struggle in a game. Um, not not what we're used to seeing from the J train today. Yeah, he, he did struggle. It made sense to me, though, of why he struggled today that – I mean, this is his first time being in the NBA. This is his first season. Mm-hmm. He, I think he's going to have these types of games where shorthanded, playing, you know, he only played 26 minutes, uh, did have five rebounds, but he did turn the ball over twice. Like th- This is one of those games where I think the legs got to him. He didn't have the same burst that we've seen in previous games. It's going to take him a while to get adjusted to the speed uh, and what's the word? The pace, the pace is a yeah. good word. The stress level of the game. You know, multiple times today, DeMar DeRozan and P.J. Tucker were just going at it mm-hmm. with the technical foul where uh, where DeMar DeRozan threw the ball at Tucker. Yeah, that was early. They were, they, but it was a battle, man. Like, yeah. you know, P.J. Tucker and, and DeRozan were flustered multiple times throughout the game. Jay Sean Tate you know, needs to to get to that level, right? It's going to take him a while. It's going to take him, I think, the full season to get acclimated. Uh, the other thing that I noticed today, and I haven't seen it yet, Jay Sean Tate's got to put on some muscle. Like, I think he's a big guy. I think everyone he, could afford more muscle on this team, I feel like. Mason yeah. Jones, too. Yeah, Mason Jones would a little, not flabby, but, like, you can tell that he doesn't have an NBA body just yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it, I mean, not a lot of – you're right. Christian Wood, uh, Ben McLemore is what he is. Ben McLemore was fantastic today. Yes. Um, that could be another reason that I would try and keep P.J. Tucker around for a couple more years. I, I thought about this today, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. If – 
if you were the Rockets, would you offer PJ a two-year, $15 million extension? And if you were PJ, would you accept it? That's difficult because I think that's difficult because I, I do I do see the idea of keeping PJ. Um, and I think today is, is a good example because uh, you needed a guy and, and also Thursday. Um, I don't know if you've seen the video that's been circulating on Twitter where uh, there was like the timeout when they were down three, like with four minutes to go in the game on Thursday. And then he you could tell he was the leader. And with with all of these young guys, like PJ is really the, the leader of the team right now. And maybe not necessarily on the court, but definitely off the court. And th- this team of young guys needs it. And I think there is value in keeping a guy like PJ on this roster. Um, whether or not, but, but I also do want to see what we can get for him uh, at the trade deadline. Because I also think there's value there. So it, I need to wait a little bit first to see. I do think, though, that PJ would rather play for a contender. Um, so if I'm the Rockets, I would consider offering PJ Tucker or a guy like PJ Tucker, that kind of deal. Maybe they'll do that, uh, in the off season with another guy, um, that's looking to have one more NBA contract. Um, but if I'm PJ Tucker, I don't know if I would accept the deal only because I don't see this team contending for the next two years. So Unfortunately, I that's that's kind of where I'm at with PJ. But I think a game like today, where he struggled offensively, um, which you know he's he struggled in more games offensively and in the box score than um, than he has done well. But also, what he doesn't bring, like he had some real good defensive moments today. And you go, you again tracing back to Thursday's game, another key moment in the game, like if. If PJ doesn't get the stop under Rosen at the end of the game, Rockets will win on Thursday. So there is value to keeping PJ, but I think this team is still trying to figure out if what they are. Um, if they are a team that's trying to fight for the playoffs, or if they're a team that's trying to um, get as high of a draft pick as possible. And I think that they would like to be a team that contends, but what you want to be isn't necessarily what you're gonna be. Yeah, all valid points. I. I would be curious what what a PJ Tucker would bring back. I don't think it's a lot. I think I saw something like three second round picks, which I wouldn't trade him for. I don't know if three second round picks is really worth it, especially because those second round picks aren't likely to be very high second round picks. And I mean, second round picks, if you really want them, they can be purchased or they can be acquired Mm -hmm. fairly easily. So I wouldn't do it. If somebody offered me a first, I'd consider it. Like a first and like another player possibly. Yeah, it's just going to be tough because I don't think teams are going to be jumping at the opportunity of trading for a 36-year-old P.J. Tucker without some sort of idea of if they're going to be able to re-sign him in the offseason. But there's a couple teams out there. I know we've talked about trading for, you know, what P.J. would bring before. It's just like it feels like Jekyll and Hyde with him, you know, with the box score. It's like you'll have two games where you look at it and you go, what the hell are you doing? And then there's a game where you're like, oh, okay, good PJ's back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to head over to Twitter, uh, at the dream take for some of these questions. Um, let's, let's go with – there's a lot of Corex questions here. Um, I'll try to pick one. Um, 
Will Courage, uh, this is from at Tiger's, si Tiger's Irons. Uh, Grayson Stewart is his name, but it's at, his handle is at Tiger's Irons. Okay, okay, I get the reference now. Tiger's Irons. Uh, will Kuritz continue to get minutes throughout the season? I want to see him come into form. I'm going to be honest. It's going to be very difficult for Kuritz to get any minutes in this rotation. Once these guys get healthy, I don't see how Kuritz is going to crack the rotation, to be honest. I don't either. Because I mean... he's a three. He's a three. And right now, guys that I would play at the three ahead of Kuritz, Eric Gordon, Ben McLemore, Daniel House, maybe even Jay Sean Tate. All those guys are interchangeable, though, between the one through the four, I think. Well, not the four. I mean, Eric Gordon, I mean, you can just play. I don't think it's it's set at the three, but I get where you're coming from. I, Kirk's feels a lot to me like a new Bruno Caboco where I'm just not going to like what he's going to do. Well, I mean, Kirk's does give you some size. And right now, with very little size in the roster, he does provide that. But he's not a five. Like he's he's a his natural position is the three, and sometimes he can go to the four. And he played mostly the four today, I guess you could say. But I, just to me, you I mean, I'm willing to give him a mulligan for today, just because I, I think you know he didn't know if he was going to play, and he's not very familiar with the team yet. I think that's. I think everyone can give him a mulligan today. However, I just think moving forward, he's at best your eleventh best player. You know who he is. Best, best player, maybe. I have the greatest comparison for him that I oh, just God. thought about. He's Ryan Bowen. Ryan Bowen. Yeah. <laughs> I I can see where you're, you're coming from with that. Yeah. Ryan Bowen. That was a blast from the past, yeah. I mean, I remember him when he was on, like, the first ever Rockets teams I watched. Yeah, when I was younger, let's put it this way. Ryan Bowen making it to the NBA gave a guy like me hope that I maybe could make the NBA. <laughs> you know, if, if a guy like him could make it, then pretty much anybody else could make it. Uh, that's what it I felt. I was going to coach for a while. That's what it felt like watching him today, uh, Kirks. I mean, Ryan Bowen's a guy who the highest he ever averaged was five points a game in, in 2001 and 2002. As a Rocket, he averaged 1.7 points and 1.3 points per game. And then he was promptly booted out of the league when he was 31, playing in Spain and my native homeland, Israel. Uh, yeah, Kurix is Ryan Bowen. I have no problem if he just sees the end of the bench for the rest of the year. Just because I think Ryan Bowen is a is a prominent coach in the NBA. He's one of Mike Malone's best assistants in, in Denver. Well, I'm happy for him. Good for him. But yes, I not I don't want to play Ryan Bowen. No, for sure. I, yeah, so I mean on a night like tonight. And I think we've already seen so far this season how important depth is. And yes, you have Corex for now. I just, to me, and I'm not, I'm not mad that we got him in the trade. He did have his like there was a weird. He was arrested for domestic violence, possibly. I don't know if a lot of people know that. Um, so I'm not like I'm not dying to see you know 
I mean, I'm, I don't know any of the stories, so I'm not going to, you know, judge him totally on that. But I think to me, just, he's okay. Like, he doesn't excite me. He doesn't excite me that much. If I had the opportunity of wanting to see him play an NBA game. Or Gerald Green. Gerald, or Gerald Green. I would take Gerald Green. But I'd also like to see a guy like Kenny Wooten get some of those minutes. Like, if if you're only keeping Kirks because of his size – well, go get Wooten if he's not on on somebody's team, which I can't find in in my you know my research here. I I I'd rather see if you can get something out of him. Where with Kerr, it's like we know. Yeah, that's not a fair statement. Well, the good thing about having a guy like Kerr is that you have he can he's a big guy. He's six nine, but he can shoot threes. But if he shoot threes like he did today, I don't know if he should be shooting threes. He gets a mulligan for today just because, I mean, he didn't know the offense. He's probably got dead legs. I mean, he probably doesn't have anywhere to live here in the city. Like, there's a lot of things going on with him today. I'll put it – Rockets wouldn't have played him unless they absolutely had to like they did today. I'll put it politely. I'm not ready to to write the kid off. He's (coughs) – excuse me. He's a to-be-determined. He's an incomplete grade. Incomplete grade. If he gets more minutes, let's see what he does. If he has another bad performance, end of the bench he goes. Then, look, if patterns start to form, then we can, we can, we don't, this is not like a fluke performance. We don't know that yet. Um, But let's see. Um, Here's a question from Just a Soviet. Uh, what kind of role will Mason Jones actually play when Wall returns and Vic joins, as his performance tonight obviously showed Silas that he can be a significant contributor at times. So yeah, let's 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 talk about this rotation with the team at its healthiest. Okay, so what what do you think the starting five is gonna look like, Mike? Let's just get that out of the way first. Uh Wall, Oladipo, Tucker, Wood. I, I mean, if he's healthy, Daniel House. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's not healthy, I'll tell you what, man. After what I saw from him earlier in the week, I think Sterling Brown might be a yeah. guy that you know take a look at as your starter. I like Eric Gordon coming off the bench too much to move him into the rotation. I agree. You know, so Sterling Brown, I think, has showed enough. I also like defensively what I've seen from David Nawaba, mm-hmm. but I just think he's limited offensively. But with the starters, you really don't need them to score all that many points. But if gun to my head, I, I would put Sterling Brown in the starting five at this point. Yeah, to me, it's difficult because I think Daniel House fit nicely in that starting lineup with James Harden. I'm not entirely sure if he'll fit the same way with Victor Oladipo. Because the thing about Oladipo is he's not – like. He he's taking James Harden's space in the lineup, but he's not replacing him. Nobody can replace James Harden. So it's going to have to be a committee that replaces James Harden. And what it might what might be better is to get a guy like like a Ben McLemore out there or a Sterling Brown, someone that is a little bit more offensively um, capable, and then and gives you more offense in that first unit. And then you go to your bench, and then you have Eric Gordon. Uh, who is your primary creator coming off the bench. And then you can go from there. So let's assume, I think you should start Sterling 
Brown. I, I do. I think that he's actually played the best, uh, the most consistent of, of people in the starting lineup of, at the three. So if we put Sterling Brown in the starting lineup, then we have Daniel House coming off the bench. I would say Macklemore comes off the bench as well. Gordon, and there's three. You have to play Boogie Cousins when Wood's not on the floor, so that's nine. And I think Mason Jones has earned himself at least a little bit of playing time, but then there's also Jay Sean Tate. So that's that's 11 guys that are already there. And then that's kind of where um, – then you have Kuroks, and I don't think you can play Kuroks if you have 11 guys ahead of him. Um, but it's difficult with Mason Jones because I – I would like to see him play because I think what he showed today is he has NBA skills right now. I think he's obviously it's going to take some time, but that's the, that's the issue that we've had in the past with young guys is the, and it was difficult to play these young guys when you have a team that's competing for a championship. And when you don't have a team that's competing for a championship, there's more of a chance for these guys to play. So I think, I would like to see Mason Jones get 10 minutes a night. I think he's earned that. And I think that not playing him is only going to hurt his development. And having a guy like Mason Jones is extremely important because Mike, I saw it today. I think give Mason Jones two years, he could be the starting point guard when John Wall eventually leaves. I really believe it. I I do. I think he has potential to do that. Um, he just needs to have a little more trust in his driving ability. He needs to work. That's the big thing in his game that he needs to work on. Um, but he needs to play a little bit more. And if he doesn't, then it's only going to hurt his development. He just needs an opportunity. Yeah, I think right now, you know, if, if you're a Rockets fan, you got to hope that Mason Jones is the new Austin Rivers. Where, yeah. you know, you get... He's not a st- he's not a starter, but he's a he's your backup point guard. I mean, right yeah. now, I mean, even if everybody is healthy, I mean, de facto backup point guard is what Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon's not a yeah. point guard, though. So you got to look at the backup point guard is Mason Jones, and it brings up a, a really interesting question on. You talked about stunting his growth, which I'm with you on. So I think if you're Raphael Stone, you have to take a really close look at possibly moving one of the guys that Wings. would be get, is is getting some of those minutes that could be going to a Mason Jones. You know, you got to look at you know an Eric Gordon and what, House. And House House is a great name. House is the one I would move out of all of the wings we have right now. I just, I, I mean, House has has no value right now because he hasn't played. But you got to, you know, think about, you know, what would House or what would Gordon get in a trade market right now? Well, here's here's some ideas that I think have been floating around. You trade House with Oladipo to get like a Michael Porter, or you trade House and uh, Oladipo and maybe throw some picks to try to bring Bradley Beal or something along. I could see house picturing into a potential package with Victor Oladipo when the trade deadline comes. 
That's a great idea. I mean, the Bradley Beal thing, though, scares me a little bit just because of the connection that he has to Wall and the noise that they didn't want to play together. I like – look, I, I think if you're – if as Rockets fans, the, the one trade package that would entice me the most is trying to get Tyler Hero here. If, if, you're, if you're Miami – You don't know if Miami would do that. I, but that's to me, that's the ceiling of Victor Oladipo. So many people have said, you know, is, is, or asked if Oladipo is going to be here long term. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, yeah. You know, after hearing what I heard on 790 this week from the, the insider from Indiana, it seems like he's of the opinion that Oladipo wants to end up in a major market. He's got the whole mass singer thing, he's got albums, he big endorsements. If, if he wants to end up in Miami, is there a package, you know, possibly if you're the Rockets, would you do Oladipo and Tucker for Tyler Hero? I would definitely consider that, yeah, actually. Because, um, I mean, obviously there would have to be more probably Kelly Olenek or something like that that comes back to Houston in that deal. But I would definitely consider that only because you're getting younger and uh, you're getting you're getting something for Vic, um, who is – has a very good chance to walk in free agency, uh, and you don't want to just go away empty-handed with that. And maybe, and maybe look, maybe you explore that um, in the off-season in a potential sign-in trade. Who knows? Um, but I think with trades right now, I'd like to at least until the trade deadline, kind of let, let's just keep this team together right now because it'd be nice to have some continuity at least for a little bit with this team because that's ultimately how we're going to see if this team could actually contend because I think this team has earned that. I think we've seen from Silas that the culture that he has brought is a win. He wants to build a winning culture and you don't do that by tanking. It's, it's really difficult to tank. Like you see teams that tank year after year for, you know, high draft picks and it's the same teams year after year because they don't have a winning culture. You look at Minnesota, you look at Sacramento, you look at Charlotte, these teams have been stuck in purgatory year after year after year because they don't have that winning culture and silas brings that and i think you need to try to at least go for it you know yeah i get it look if this team turns out to be all these injuries that they have and it turns out like like with golden state last year and they just totally like get burned by the injury bug then i can see okay tank the year but right now we're not there yet Yes, you know, today was a little bit rough, but hopefully these guys get back to the court soon. Hopefully as early as Monday night against Chicago. Mike, one thing before we head out um, that you're looking forward to tomorrow against Chicago. Uh, the, the debut of Victor Oladipo uh, mm -hmm. with, with this team. Um, that's probably the biggest thing is, is what that potentially looks like. Uh, what his fit is here with, with John Wall. And ben DuBose was on uh, the pregame today on, on, on Sports Talk 790, and he made a great point. And he said that th this team does not – this team is not Charlotte. This team does not suck the way that it's currently constructed. On paper, this is a pretty darn good team. Are they great? No. But when you have Christian Wood, Victor Oladipo, Eric Gordon, John Wall – like that's there's talent there. It's what? There's talent there. There's talent there. Yeah. 
I mean, there, you know, David DeWaba, good on ball defender. Sterling Brown showed, you know, he could put the ball in the hoop. Ben McLemore is, you know, your boy, Benny Mack, you know, shooting the ball at a, at a pretty darn good clip right now. You know, Mason Jones showed that he could do some stuff today on the court. You got a, a good coach in Steven Silas. This, this is not a, a time for Rockets fans to, to close the book on this season. So I, I'm excited. If they have their full complement of guys, I, I, you know, they, they should dominate the, the Bulls, you know, tomorrow. And, and we'll see. We'll, it, it's fun to watch Rockets basketball right now, you know, if you're a fan. I think. I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship. I see the J train pulling into the station. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the dream take. Be sure to uh, follow us on Twitter at the dream take. Our new logo is coming out soon. I know we have the hard my take logo. Darren gave me uh, a note about that today. He's like, get rid of that logo. And I said, it's on the way. My buddy, Alec Greenberg, shout out to him. He is uh, creating that for us and we're hoping to get it out to you guys, to you guys uh, within the next couple of days. Um, so be sure to be on the lookout for that. You can also follow the Dream Shake on Twitter at DreamShakeSBN. Head over to our website, thedreamshake.com, for all things Rockets on SBNation.com. Uh, hey, you can also head over to Facebook. We're over there. You can throw us a like. And be sure to subscribe to the Dream Take podcast on your podcast app of choice so you don't miss a single episode. We come to you after every game this season. Uh, so be sure to subscribe to your podcast app of choice if you search the Dream Shake in whichever app you listen to your podcast. You can also follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Mr. Michael Brown, on at BSW Podcast underscore MB. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. And until next time, go Rockets! Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from zero to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.